I'm Cindy Beans, and this is my Ely story. And we are rolling. We are recording live the very first episode of my Ely story podcast. We are recording on Chapman, on not on Chapman Street. <laughs> I'm so used to saying Chapman Street, but we're actually on Sheridan Street. I've moved into the big time now somehow. My name is Brett Ross. I'll be your host for my Ely Story, brand new podcast from Ely, Minnesota, and my very first guest, Cindy Beans. Welcome, Cindy. Thank you so much, Brett. I am ecstatic for this uh, opportunity here to be with you, sharing such a you know, awesome uh, uh, place and, and the hopes and dreams that I have for this podcast is just, um, we're already going to have to start over. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're not going to do it. We're not going to do it. We're good. We're great. We're, we're diving right in. I am very excited about this podcast and I am very excited to be here with you today. Yeah, well, it's this is so exciting. Um, this is something that I've kind of I've sort of envisioned without really realizing I was envisioning it. I've always known from the very first time I came to Ely that there were so many stories. And uh, one of the first people that introduced me to Ely told me once, and this is a guy that traveled all around the world. He was a National Geographic photographer, traveled around the world. And he said there are more stories per square inch than any place he's ever been right here in Ely, Minnesota. It is a truly unique place. People come here from all around the world. People who are born and raised here, who have stayed here, who are artists, musicians, uh, guides, outfitters, uh, inventors, uh, just characters. So many of them uh, all converge in this small little town in in the great North Woods, in this very rural, very uh, sort of set apart area that um, it, it is so unique. It's more unique than any place I've ever been. It is. It's such a unique location, and um, it is a home to you know not very many people, but I think it holds a place in uh, the hearts of so many more, uh, not only across the Midwest, Minnesota, but also the country and internationally. Uh, as a tourism destination, we see a great number of people for a short period of time, but to have that impact and that responsibility really to uh, be such a place of, of genuine tradition or, or attraction is, uh, it's, been, it's been great for me um, working with the Tourism Bureau. I'm the executive director of the Tourism Bureau here in Ely, and this podcast has just been uh, on my uh, dream list. And when the Tourism Bureau was, was interested in starting this process, you know, Brett, you were the only person that came to mind as the perfect, perfect host. And to have uh, people here in the in the future of this podcast be able to share those stories, I can't wait to have living record and uh, all of those uh, uh, stories put into one place where other people who want to start their Ely story can uh, listen in and start making their plans. Yeah, for sure. Well, and I appreciate the kind words. I mean, uh, I just to jump into my background a little bit, I've been on the air with WELY for most of the last 20 some years. So I've had a really great opportunity to, to work with some of the amazing people here in Ely, uh, to talk with a lot of people that come through here, um, to do a lot of interviews with a lot of people. But I feel like 
radio is sort of limiting in that we have these little blocks of time where we can talk for a little bit, maybe five, ten minutes, and then we got to cut to commercial or we got to do news or we got to do weather. This gives us an opportunity to really expand on it, really allow people to tell their stories. And part of what I what I really want to get out of this is people telling their story about what makes Ely special to them, what's drawn them here, what's kept them here. Um, there's so many great stories about Ely in general, but also so many people here that have stories of lives that they've lived, places that they've been, and things that they've done that are so unique that really flavor the culture here in Ely. And 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 to be able to have to be able to provide a format for them to tell those stories, I think, is huge. It is. It really is. And Ely being such a unique to- location, as we were probably going to say uh, quite a few times. <laughs> Uh, for those of you who maybe just like will listen in and aren't 100% sure where Ely, Minnesota and what Ely, Minnesota is, um, we are a small community, not quite 4,000, uh, located in the northeasternmost point of uh, the Arrowhead of Minnesota. And uh, we have been called a lot of things, you know, the the gem in the north where the, where the road ends. Um, but quite honestly, we it is a very unique destination, meaning you can't pass through here. You are choosing to come to this area, and more most often when people are coming to this area, they're coming to enter into the Boundary Waters Canoe Area Wilderness. Mm-hmm. Um, so we are a gateway community that provides a recreational base um, or launch pad for enthusiasts, whatever it might be. It doesn't have to be fishing. It doesn't have to be hunting. It doesn't have to be canoeing even. It can be a wide range of activities. Um, we'll get into it in more and more detail, and I'm sure we'll hear just some unbelievable stories from professionals in each of those uh, different um, adventures. Uh, also, not to leave out our winter sports. I mean, dog sledding. Um, we, I think we've been called the capital, uh, I mean, at least in the lower 48. For sure. So don't want to take anything from Alaska. But if you were interested to, in dog sledding, if that is a bucket list item, I mean, Ely, Minnesota is a place you definitely end up coming to do that. Um, ice fishing, you know, and uh, snowshoeing, cross-country skiing. There is no shortage of things that can be done up here. It's a true wonderland. And uh, so for those of you who have just wandered upon this podcast, I would definitely encourage you to check it out or to keep listening and learn a little bit more. Um, I can guarantee that you, if you don't fall in love just through this, you got to make a trip up and you will too. Um, we're, we're, it's a unique place, but it's for everyone. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, you know, like you said, as a part of the Tourism Bureau, uh, really this is to to kind of sell people, to try and show people like how unique this place is, how amazing this is, uh, the, the dynamic nature of, of the, the people, the wilderness and all the things that, that make Ely so unique that's going to make people want to come and visit here. Uh, but also just to tell some really amazing stories, stories of uh, entrepreneurship, of survival, of resilience, uh, people that, you know, the people that live here and make it through the winters every year. Uh, it's an, That's an amazing testament to just how resilient, how hardy people are because the winters can be brutal up here. We've had some incredibly Absolutely. cold temperatures. We have years where we get ridiculous amounts of snow where you're like, am I ever going to stop shoveling snow? <laughs> um, and the days can be, you know, the days get short, the nights are long and it's cold and to survive through the winter takes a real hardiness and takes a real commitment to to wanting to be here and to finding things that are going to keep you engaged, keep you happy, and and um, and and remind you why you live here. Mm-hmm. And I think this time of year, you know, we're here sort of at the tail end of summer, 
on what's surprisingly been an incredibly busy summer. Maybe not so surprisingly. It's been incredibly busy up here. But these are the times of year where you're like, this is why I suffer through winter. This mm-hmm. is where I suffer through, why I suffer through those shoulder seasons where it's maybe cold and gray and rainy and muddy. And um, I do that because right now it's phenomenal. It is absolutely gorgeous right mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. I couldn't agree more. I've, I'm very fortunate. My family uh, lives on a lake. And so I've been able to uh, grow up, you know, in Ely. And we'll get into, you know, more of my personal story. But where I'm going with this is just the uh, the excitement that really comes with the changing of the seasons. Yeah. You know, I've heard, I've heard people say that, too. If you're going to live up here, find a hobby. Because honestly, <laughs> and a good one. An outdoor one is, uh, is always, you know, um, just generically better for your health. But, you know, find a good hobby because there are there are some really long winter days. Um, but what I, uh, what I love the most about Ely, and it's just without... Without a shadow of a doubt, it is the changing of the seasons. I would be so bored to, you know, have one set of attire and, you know, one set of of uh, things I enjoy to do, you know, outside or honestly, even one set of tires. I kind of like the ch- when I put my snow tires on my vehicle, <laughs> right. it feels like it's okay. Another year. You right. know, like- I have friends that live in Southern California and I'm like, how do you do that? It's sunny in 74 all year Aren't round. You bored? That's so boring. You never get snow. Where yeah. do you ski? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I love my, I love, you know, putting on my mucklucks for the very first time in a year. I love putting on my snow tires and, uh, for sure when, you know, the snow is out or ice is out, that's ice out is a big one. You know, yeah. when that happens, man, it's like, I don't, you know, necessarily feel that I have any form of seasonal depression, but if, if that were, you know, for me, I would say that would be the moment in which I would feel like the sun was coming out, you know, cause yeah. it's like summer's upon us. Um, we've had nine months or so of, you know, ice strong enough to carry semis, you know, and right. all of a sudden now it's wide open, uh, you know, sky blue water. And that's what, that's just what we live for in those summer months. Yeah. So let's talk about you growing up here in Ely. You were born and raised here in Ely and you were like, you graduated from high school and you ready, you were ready to go out and see the world and travel the world. And, uh, and you came back, talk about, start out with, with your childhood. Give us the, give us the chronology of Cindy Beans. Sure. Sure. So I lived a very blessed childhood and I, like many kids probably didn't appreciate it while I had it (laughs) took you know took a few years to later in life maybe even you know now for me to realize truly how great of a childhood I had growing up on uh, Jasper Lake here in Ely Minnesota uh, about 15 20 minutes northeast of town Uh, you know I grew up uh, without running water, actually. And it was funny. My parents got running water the year I went to college. I felt like, well, thanks. Um, now you Yeah, now I think I begged you. Like, I, w- I don't even need to go to Disney World. Like, we could, let's just get, let's just get a shower, you know, outside of the sauna. Just let me wash my hair inside. <laughs> yeah, but then come to find, I mean, we had a traditional, like, Finnish sauna that was... Um, the the tradition of you know that was a that's been bathing tradition for a very long time and so I didn't know really any different my friends all thought it was cool and you know so it wasn't really like it was you're missing out on anything and come to find that it's because of just the way that we lived how far we were from town the Mm -hmm. way that we we our home was built on ledge rock so you know to run something like that it would have been seasonal anyways so I grew up barefoot playing in the water you know running around my dad was a fishing guide was gone 
majority of the summer season. So the winter was really the time I got to spend with my, you know, whole family and we skied. My dad is an avid hunter and fisherman. So we lived, you know, predominantly off the land in conjunction with the garden that my family still, you know, maintains. And so I didn't eat um, from, you know, I didn't eat processed foods and yeah. at all. I mean, we, we made our bread, we canned our vegetables, we, you know, ate, we had a, a chest freezer that was filled with what we harvested from the land. And, um, you know, I didn't in the, in that moment recognize how remarkable that really was and how that hard work really helped shape the life I was going to live. And, yeah. um, yeah, so I, I went to school, lived outside of that. I lived a very normal childhood. High school, you know, sports, um, driving, got a car. We had, you know, at that time, the state theater hadn't been renovated yet, and but it was still open. You know, I had, there was the surf shop. We, you know, it was very, very traditional. And so, What sports were you involved in in high school? Uh, well, I played, vo- I was a three-sport athlete. I played volleyball. Um, I was a cross-country skier, and then I played mm-hmm. softball. And, uh, yeah, all three, all three in individually were great. Uh, I would say I did play volleyball later, uh, at in more of a collegiate level. And then, but I played, uh, or I would say that skiing is a, definitely the sport that I would, um, accredit into my adult life as something I still really enjoy. Yeah. And it's just, it's just one of those sports that you really, it, it never goes out of style. I mean, especially not here. And we are so fortunate that as a community, it may not be a school sport. I think it's a club, but they have um, the Hidden Valley Ski Trail System here in town, which is what an amenity. It's an amazing attribute for a town of this size to have trails of that magnitude that are free to use. And um, they're not just in the wintertime. You can use them for biking and other assorted hiking trails. It's it's those, really something. Those trails are my church. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I love those. I, I knew you I'm would. I'm on them every day. Yeah. I was going to say, Brett, I think I, you probably are pretty heavily involved in that program and, and the facilitation of that area. But it is you do you, that group that manages does just a remarkable job. Our community is lucky to have uh, that trail system. And then not to mention, I mean, just the getting out on those lakes even in the yeah. winter time. I mean, there is, you could go anywhere you want and on your own, you know, of your own fruition there. So it's a, it's a pretty remarkable. Um, you definitely, you stay warm. So you don't have to worry about those yeah. cold temps. You can bring your dog. It's great. So yeah, I, I played sports and, you know, had my, had my friend, my group of friends, but to be honest, you know, when you're young, you want to, you want to see what else is out there. Yeah. So I left. I left. I uh, graduated from Ely. Went to the University of Wisconsin Stout for their hospitality program. Uh, my parents. I didn't mention that they, because my dad had a guiding and outfitting business. Lodging was a necessity to provide his guests, and so we had small lodging accommodations that we would provide to people. And uh, I started to really fall in love with the idea that people, you know, would. It would come, they would work 50, 51 weeks out of the year and they get this week off and they get to do whatever they want. And they chose to come and spend it where I got to be every day. And that was just kind of an eye opening thing. And um, I, it put a newfound appreciation and respect on the positions that my parents held as, um, you know, hospitality professionals. And so I pursued my four year degree from the University of Wisconsin Stout, loved it, uh, everything about it you know, did the internships that were required of me, but with, you know, a lot of energy. I really, I really pushed to get further and further from my home base just to 
see what there was to see. I love fancy things. I love traveling. I like, you know, the idea of um, different landscapes, mountains, sea, ocean, you know, you name it. Um, And uh, so, yeah, I took that opportunity and studied abroad and did a lot of those things. But uh, ultimately, you know, when you are working in the tourism industry and people ask you where you're from, and you say Ely, Minnesota, and they already know what you're, where you're from, but you're from a town of 3,000 people, you start to recognize that, you know, maybe this, maybe I'm from a, a place that's pretty special. And when all of a sudden you're abroad and people are telling you that they've been here, you're like, oh, wow, okay. Mm-hmm. Well, you, oh, you, you've been where I go you every... You know this place? You know this place. Like, well, how did I not realize that so many people knew this place? And... Um, yeah, as I was wrapping up my four-year degree, uh, my bachelor's degree, I decided to pursue my master's degree uh, in sustainable tourism development, and that was from the university or um, Arizona State University, and it was one of their um, pilot programs. And I had the opportunity to work with a cohort and travel and um, do some online um, option, and allowed me to be here in Ely for some of that. And working through that program, it allowed me to write um, my papers and projects on actual real issues and opportunities that, um, you know, different strengths and and different opportunities that Ely already had in place really allowed me to build a life here for myself um, outside of my parents' hospitality business. And so I started working with the Chamber of Commerce. I started working with the Tourism Bureau as a board member, uh, so volunteer and then a few short years later, I became the marketing coordinator for the Tourism Bureau. And uh, now, as of this year, I'm the executive director. That's fantastic. And over the course of that time, you opened a new business as well. I did, yes. Talk about that. Talk about Northern Grounds. It's a, an amazing place. It's in the former VFW building that was renovated by the Ots. Talk about how that all came to be. Absolutely. Well, anybody that comes through in the next, you know, few years, maybe hasn't been here for a while, or anyone that's been, you know, here in the last few years has been lucky enough to see the progress happening in downtown. And it's accredited to just a sheer, like, number of of businesses that have decided that they they are going to continue the legacy of Ely is hard work. You know, that's that's the the resounding, um, you know, style of thinking. I mean, it's a it's a hard place to live in the winter. Um, it's been this whole area has been literally carved from the earth. I mean, we were we were loggers, we were miners. We've been, you know, we've been we're hard workers. That's just the bottom line. Everyone up here, everyone up here wears a lot of different hats. They might have a different job based off the season or they might just carry a couple of different positions or be very very involved in a phil- at a philanthropic level. And so um yeah, so when I came up here, I realized, well, if I'm going to be like everybody else, I have to, you know, be very busy and I have to do a lot of things. And um, my parents had a bakery at the time and uh, we were, my parents were very happy with it, but they were kind of in, of the mind, if I didn't come home back to Ely and uh, take a, a real interest in bringing it to another, you know, to a ne- to the next level or just making it my own, whatever that looked like. Uh, then they were going to sell. And I thought, well, that would be kind of sad because that was a part of such a big part of my life, you know, growing up. And so the bakery transitioned, um, took the opportunity, even though it was just a few doors up, we took the opportunity to open a 
wine and coffee bar, which seems like a stretch if you met my parents, but um, <laughs> my dad being the Northwoods fishing guide, I'm, I think he gets a lot of grief from his customers who are, you know, all kind of like Joe six packs, not he to not strike yeah. me as a wine bar kind He's, of guy. And he certainly isn't my favorite. <laughs> I'll tell you my favorite dad, my favorite story about my dad. We had a, um, a woman from, I think it was NPR came up and after we had that um, polar vortex last winter where yeah. it was really cold, everyone's going to think that Ely's just like an icebox, but it's really not. It's just <laughs> but a, it is. It is. No, it really. can be. But, you know, you get yourself a nice wood stove and some layers, There's a wintergreen so jacket. There's so great ways to cope with it. Yeah. I mean, even in like a nice drink, it'll warm me up, no problem. Great coffee all around town, not even just at our place. But... There's there's a lot going for it, and so you can you can always put on more layers. I would much rather be too you know a little cold than too warm. So for sure. But my dad was um, was hanging out at uh, at the at the coffee and wine bar and was chatting with this woman about she wanted to know what do Ely people wear when it is this cold, and he goes <laughs> he's like oh no you know. Cindy's gonna be mad I'm wearing this because now we're talking about my attire because I'm always on him about your you know your shirts like covered in sawdust or whatever because he's a working guy but I goes well I pretty much just wear this every day it's a Carhartt jacket and flannel you know whatever and so she leaves and she comes back the next day and she goes to the to one of the baristas and says there was a gentleman I was talking in here earlier yesterday do you recall he was wearing a Carhartt jacket and they go oh that's Don Beans he's the owner and this woman's face was like, that guy owns this place? She's like, no, 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 that's <laughs> yeah. not right. <laughs> so, yeah, that was pretty funny. And he loves that story because he got to be, like, low-key famous for, for <laughs> he got his 15 minutes. But it was really funny, and, and it's true. I mean, it's not necessarily something that perfectly fits into the rest of um, to our, our style as individuals, but it's a, it was a recognition um, of what, their, the expectation of um, people who might be traveling here. And then it was also a gift to the people that live here because we we all want nice things. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we had a, already our bakery in place and I love wine. That's what I, a uh, portion of my education was actually in wine and food pairing. I studied in uh, Palma de Mallorca, Spain for uh, a portion of my uh, four-year degree was stout, and that was just an amazing opportunity. I wouldn't say it's something I would have pursued at a, you know, towards a sommelier level or anything in a specific profession, but it's something I enjoy individually um, or personally, I should say, and uh, to have the opportunity to share it and fill what wasn't necessarily being provided by anywhere else at that large of a scale um, was was definitely something I took a lot of pride in for um, my first few years back in Ely. Yeah, for sure. Well, and it it seems like it's been really successful and there's, I hear so many good things about it. It's always busy. This summer you opened the little patio area Mm -hmm. outside, which really helped with the bizarre COVID times and that need for people to kind of be outside and have that social distancing and uh, those sorts of things. But uh, we worked together a couple of summers ago, a few summers ago on some live music. We had some amazing live music in the space upstairs, the Society Hall upstairs, which has gone through some, some transitions since then. But you've done some really innovative things here in town, and it really feels like uh, a lot of the things that you've accomplished with 
Northern Grounds, with the Society Hall, with the Tourism Bureau, are things that would not have happened if you weren't the person that was in the position you were in to do that. So it's really incredible that you, you know, having been born and raised here, having gone through the Ely High School, and as happens with a lot of kids that are born and raised in small towns, my kids are a perfect example of that, where they like they get through high school and they're like, I got to get out of here. I got to get out. I got to see the, the world at large, which is great. And I, I encourage that with both of my kids. Like, There's so much of the world outside of Ely to get out there and see. But I know that at some point they're going to want to come back here because they love this place. They love this town. They love everything that it has to offer. And you, I, I just, I hold you up as a shining example of that, of, of what you can accomplish when you're born and raised here. You have a deep appreciation for, for what makes it special. You get out and you see the world and you realize how those things that you've learned, the talents that you have can be applied back here in this town to make it a better place. Brett, that is literally the nicest thing anyone has ever said to me. <laughs> I um, don't get used. To it. Yeah, I really, I really do appreciate it, though, because you know it's one of those things, and, and we've talked about this for uh, at a few different levels. But as far as you know, being able to take a look at the large scale and f- identify where something that might naturally seem um, like it is. A deterrent it can be tra- turned on its ear and you can you can adapt you can overcome you can you know change you can pivot you can change direction at any time and to recognize you know what is truly an opportunity to maybe um, provide something slightly different to the community I feel like we've done that at, or I have tried to do that throughout my career um, you know so far and and it has so far been I've been pretty lucky and it's worked out really well for me but I'm uh, I'm just so grateful there's so many amazing people in this town, and um, I there is absolutely no way I could have done it alone. Um, my parents, huge thanks to them always. But um, when it looks when I look at the community as a whole, I have at least thirty to forty people that come to mind immediately that I'm like, oh my gosh, like, there's no way that I could do what I'm doing right now if I didn't know that they were completely in you know my corner and had Ely's best interest in mind. And uh, you know, you are for sure. One of those people we've been friends for a long time. It's hard to believe, actually. You know, I always kind of <laughs> laugh when people say, "Like, oh, we've been friends for so long, and don't tell them how long." But it's like, well, it's kind of funny because it's been since I've been back in Ely yeah. that I truly feel yeah. like we've been, you know, brainstorming, coming up with ideas. How do we get the word out? How do we share with people exactly what's going on here in such a fun, inviting, and positive way? And um, you know, this podcast being a perfect opportunity for us to connect with people authentically in a way that, you know, they're so over-advertised to. This isn't an advertisement. I mean, it is actually <laughs> like a, <laughs> in a very, very long, you know, one that allows you to, you know, see the different sides of, of what life here uh, in Ely could be, could be like for either you or, you know, on a long, at a long, um, for a long-term point or for a long time or for a very short time. Yeah. Well, and I think even if, it, I mean, granted, this this came together because of a, a vision that you had, and and uh, as part of the Ely Tourism Bureau. But really, this is something that I've wanted to be able to do to start collecting the stories that come out of 
Ely, Minnesota, and the people that are here that have these amazing stories to tell. I've wanted to collect these stories before. Uh, my partner, who uh, she's a teacher here in Ely, and when we first started hanging out, we first started talking. I said, "What if you weren't a teacher? What would you What would you want to be? What would be your dream job?" She said, "I want to be a story catcher." <laughs> she said, "I love hearing people's stories. I love to get people's stories." So then, as we started talking about this podcast and telling her about it, she's like, "You've got my dream job. Oh, you yeah. took my story catcher." job so it it really is exciting to be able to to have a venue to have a format to share so many of these stories of of so many great people that that make this this area so unique and it's not just the people that live here it's people that come and visit here it's people that were born and raised here and have gone off and done other things i've talked with a lot of people that were born and raised here and now live in other places and i've had the opportunity to talk to them through other uh, other situations and told them about this podcast and they're like yes please let's have a conversation there's so many great mm-hmm. stories from the past whether it's about their time in school or their time working as a you know working for an outfitter working as a as a canoe guide or or uh, you know playing baseball here in Ely which this is a great baseball town there's so many great baseball stories here in this town uh, a lot of people don't think about that it's they think of it as a wilderness town or a gateway to the boundary waters it's an amazing baseball town mm-hmm. um, so so many great things here and and um, so I'm just I'm grateful to you for uh, for thinking of me when this idea came up and I think like you said the collaborations that we've had and the way that we've shared ideas and just have been friends for all these years that um, we've I think we've we've landed on something here that has some real longevity that is really going to touch on something that's going to resonate with a lot of people. I couldn't agree more. I think I hear it. I mean, honestly, it's something that I probably um, should start keeping track of now. <laughs> uh, just the names of those who start to who who get in touch with me, whether that just be through email or social media, um, and they want to share. They want to tell. They want to tell their stories. And uh, I've told people as well. It's not necessarily if you were born and raised here, or um, if you you know maybe are not from here at all, but you have a great. Uh, story of something that happened to you while you were here uh, and that started and sparked an idea of how you would stay connected to this community. But one of my favorite sayings, and I actually saw it on a bumper sticker when I was living in Montana, um, but I kind of stole it for Ely, so sorry, Montana. But it said, I wasn't born here, but I got here as fast as I could. (laughs) And, you know, that's really true because there are so many people, they maybe, you know, have had their entire career behind them and they're looking to retire is a huge you know community uh, for retired individuals and how amazing for us that we have these very talented and skilled people uh, now with so much more time on their hands right. so they're here and they're they're participating in our nonprofits and they're organizing events and they're you know um, supporting our economy and there's a lot of there's a lot of really big positives to that uh, one of them being it is the cycle of tradition. Their grandchildren are visiting them. Their grandchildren are having experiences, and you know, some amazing, like getting to go to the International Wolf Center and seeing wolves yeah. up close in a non-threatening way, where you know, not depicted the way they are in movies and shows. Um, having true respect for the outdoors and and leaving no trace, and to you know, just dip their feet in a, off of a dock, you know, in a in a way that doesn't feel rushed and forced. It's something you can do when you wake up at grandma and grandpa's or whatever that might be. And it's a very romantic idea um, to start to develop the next generation of uh, those who are going to love this area, maybe when we're not here. So that's kind of the 
the whole vision for this podcast is not has not quite been well we don't want it to ever be stamped down i guess we right. want it to be something that evolves and and really fills um you know the a need that does exist i believe people do need to know um and do need their stories to be shared so i'm uh, i'm very excited and i think this is just the tip of the you know iceberg and we'll see really where where it goes from here and i think it's going to be like you said it's going to i think there's going to be quite a few of these episodes <laughs> and so an evolution in your story for your next chapter you are getting married soon. I am, yes, in like 20 days. Oh very close. Yes, September 12th. So we were talking about adapting and overcoming. I mean, I'm one of the coronavirus brides, I guess. I never <laughs> thought that would be something. <laughs> who would have thunk? Five, five months ago, who would have thunk? Yeah, I honestly, well, we did, we took a bit of a gamble. I This might not be quite as fascinating to everyone, so I'll keep it brief. But we had a, we actually switched wedding dates with, um, my fiance's uh, brother is, was getting married out in Boston, and so they were, uh, you know, everything was canceled. Everything has been impacted, impacted different communities so differently, and so they decided to, you know, postpone until um, next year. And as we were looking at the calendar, thinking, you know, maybe that would be possibly a little bit too tight, and how, ba- how bad is this going to really get? What if we just moved our wedding up? Because we were originally thinking next September. So we took a gamble moved our wedding up to 2020. Obviously, there's a lot um, still in motion as far as people's um, concerns. And, and that's something I've learned a lot about in the food and beverage business is yeah. just, you know, you, you think customer service is pretty, um, is, is one thing. And then all of a sudden, you know, when you're dealing with such a wide range of customer expectation, uh, you know, you, you really have to be quick on your feet or, or at least be considerate and, and cast a wide net with a lot of, per, you know, different uh, mindsets, you know, in thinking of a lot of different mindsets for, from the customer's perspective. And so here we are, you know, planning a wedding and uh, 30 days or so um, from the date, we decided to move our wedding outside because of the mask mandate and to shrink it down. Thankfully, we didn't have to send out any uninvites, which I heard some yeah. brides had to do. That's tough. Oof. But we were, you know, a lot of people just were unable to travel. But we're getting married one way or the other. So <laughs> September 12th it is. <laughs> I'll be Cindy Smica. So I should have uh, maybe introduced myself differently. But I'm Cindy Beans for a little bit longer. <laughs> well, you've been known here in Ely as Cindy Beans for a, ve- for a long time. So uh, Yeah, I have a, a feeling it will start. probably not. It, it will <laughs> probably not really transition for a lot of people. I think Cindy Beans is, is going to, you know, it'll stick. Not necessarily, unfortunately, but if you live through like the third grade with the last name of Beans, you you're, <laughs> you kind of are like counting down, like when can I change? Right, my kids name? are rough that way for oh sure. Oh my gosh! And you know, I love my I love my parents, and I know they'll hear this podcast because they're. <laughs> but I'll tell them anyways. I mean, this is the only platform. But it was funny because they were just you know, they thought my name was so cute. Like they just they wanted to put it on everything, and so you know, I had this lunchbox, and they would write like beans in big bold letters and <laughs> i would try to like you used to have before recess you'd have like your lunchbox drop off i would leave that thing there like every day on purpose and um you know because it that sharpie marker bold sharpie marker yeah. it would always find its way back and Thanks, like, mom. Oh, like anytime like anytime now dream man come along <laughs> so but nope i found him and, and in walks eric and here he is so yeah, I'm I'm very excited and it's going to be it's just a whole new chapter. I feel like every uh 
you know, everything that everyone tells me has kind of always come out to be true. And all of the advice and all the recommendations are much appreciated. But it's just one of those things you don't really know until you're until it happens, I yeah. guess. And then it all makes sense. It all just clicks. So yeah, that's great. Well, congratulations Thank on you. that. And Thank you. Uh, not sure exactly when this podcast is going to get out there. We're recording it in, uh, I don't know, third week of August right now. So oh, that's uh, right. Yeah, maybe up shortly. Sh- maybe but that's okay. Uh, you know, again, we're just we're, we're, we're just getting rolling with this. So uh, so we don't really know. But again, congratulations to you. I think it's going to be fantastic. Eric is a really incredible guy. And uh, it's going to be great. Well, maybe we'll have to have a Eric's my Ely story because he's probably got a pretty good one. I'm not I sure. I would imagine yeah, so. Yeah, I would imagine so, so. He's not he's not born and raised here, but I won't steal his thunder in case he ever gets the opportunity. I, he's definitely <laughs> got some stories. I've seen him in some situations where I'm like, I want to know your story. <laughs> he's a super good guy. Um, so yeah, this is this has just been uh, it's been so exciting preparing for this. I'm so glad that we're getting this this first episode underway because. I've been thinking about it. There's been so many nights, like literally the last couple of nights, I wake up at like 2.30 in the morning and I'm like, who else do I want to talk to? And what do we want to talk about? And do I want to talk about my story? And should I, you know, how much should I talk about myself? People are probably going to get sick of that. People are going to, you know, after a few episodes, they're going to be like, oh, we get you like to ride your bike, huh? (laughs) (laughs) You know, Um, but it is, it is just such a phenomenal opportunity. I'm so grateful for the opportunity to do it and to do it in a town that I love. Um, I, I really, I just, I, I absolutely love this town. Uh, I, I was born and raised in the twin cities. I grew up a a suburban kid, Burnsville, savage area. Savage is like, you know, I like to tell people I was a dirty, savage kid. Um, (laughs) I haven't come too far from that, but, um, you know, savage now like is one of the fastest growing suburbs in the twin cities. And so, uh, coming from that to a wilderness area, like I've always sort of had dreams about living in a place like this where they're, where it's surrounded by wilderness. And now every day I'm out in it, I get, try to get out in it as much as I can. And it still amazes me that I live in this place that I can go from my doorstep on my bike and in about 10 minutes feel like I'm in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. And that to me is so valuable. I would I would not trade that for anything. No, no, and I wouldn't either. And I think that you know, as we are right in the midst of the whole you know coronavirus, which I hate to even talk about it too much, but it it kind of needs to. You know, we you touched on it earlier. We've had a busy summer season. Um, we haven't quite seen all of our reports come in yet to see how busy it is, but it is without a doubt much busier than it has been in the recent years. Yeah. Uh, and I think the the truth and the reality to why we're seeing it, although I'd love to say that the Tourism Bureau is just doing a bang-up job marketing, and we are, but the reality is is that people naturally want to experience what Ely offers. Yeah. When you're faced with, in, in the face of a pandemic, you're given an opportunity to finally leave your home. Where would you like to go? Well... Apparently, a lot of people want to go to Ely, Minnesota, and it makes complete sense. You, the the number of, you know, the ratio, and we we have a, a new ad that just came out that highlights the uh, number of the ac- the acres of wilderness, the number of lakes and rivers in our area, uh, the miles of trails what that you can either ATV, snowmobile, cross country ski, hike, even portages. You know, portages are hikes; they're between lakes, but they're hikes. <laughs> And so if you put all those together and comparing that to the number of permits or the number of people or the number of locals that live here, 
you're, you've got it to yourself. I mean, this sure. is, you're maybe going to see a few people in the parking lot. You might cross paths and it's going to be, hi, how you doing? But you're on your own, yeah. you know, you and your family and, or you and your friends are here experiencing the wilderness like it was hundreds of years ago. Yeah. And there's, that's something truly beautiful. And when we say unique, we mean it because you just don't get to see that anywhere else. Yeah. And you know, great example of that. I, I didn't set out to do this. We didn't set out to do this at the beginning of the summer, but apparently they have a name for it. They call it wild swimming, mm. which is just finding a lake wherever and, and swimming and, you know, swimming across a lake or swimming the shoreline, wherever it is. Uh, right now, as of what is today, August 21st, I'm at 15 lakes and a river that I've swam in this summer, and That's I hope so cool. to get a whole bunch more. And it's really just finding a place to hike where you hike to a lake. We actually had one great hike where we hiked to three different lakes along this trail, and it was way up there, uh, out of cell service, mm -hmm. um, a place where I was like, I wonder if I can get my Google Maps on here so I know where we're at. And I couldn't, but we had the, we, the, the trail came to three different lakes and we got to swim in each of those different lakes. And, and it was, it's just phenomenal. And to yeah. be able to do that and to be able to find these places where we didn't cross another person, we didn't pass another person on the trail that mm -hmm. whole time in five hours of hiking, uh, six and a half miles of trails, a bunch of swimming. We saw a few people on one of the lakes that were camping and fishing, but other than that, almost no one else out there. So you really can, despite the fact that, you know, you drive through Ely on any given day this summer and it's incredibly busy. It's yeah. great. Having not had our blueberry festival, which tends to be our busiest weekend of the year here in Ely, having not had that, I've seen more days just in the middle of the week driving mm -hmm. through town and thinking, what's going on here? Where are all these people come from? Um, but still to be able to get out into the woods and to get out on a trail or get out on a lake and you're not going to see anyone else. Uh, that is so unique. I don't know where else in the United States or in the world you can find a place like that that's that accessible, mm -hmm. but that gives you that kind of solitude and that kind of uh, natural experience. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, one of uh, one of the things I'm probably the most excited about for um, our wedding coming up here is the people from uh, out of state that have never been to Minnesota. And I think there's in the back of their minds, for some reason, they have in this vision of like farmland, which mm -hmm. Minnesota is a unique state. And the fact that we do have such a wide variety of for landscape, sure. the southern part of Minnesota um, has a ton of uh, farm farming communities. We have our urban, you know, Minneapolis, St. Paul, very metropolitan. We have so, so many different things, all of the lakes, obviously 10,000 or more of them. Um, but the thing is, is that I am I cannot wait to see their faces. Mm -hmm. Like the very first time that my in-laws see the, where I, you know, grew up and, and what this is going to look like, um, for Eric and, and I, and the rest of our lives and our, you know, future children, they're, they're going to be blown away. They're going to be, they're going to get it. They're going to 100% get it. And, um, uh, that, you know, I feel that way about everyone that comes through here, but obviously when it's close to, you know, home, close to your heart, you feel slightly more, um, excited so <laughs> yeah, and I can totally relate to that that was you know the first year that I was here um my you know now ex-wife we got married that first year that we were here and to bring 
a, a small group of family members and mm -hmm. close friends up here to show this place off. And I think it was the first week in October. And so the, the leaves had changed and the colors were just gorgeous and people were just in awe. Mm -hmm. And so these, oh, they lose these, their minds. these yeah. family members, these people that I've known my whole life to bring them up here. I was so proud to show this area off to them. And yeah. they were, they really were just in awe and they were like, we want to come back. Mm -hmm. That is a, a pride, pride of place, you know, and, and I couldn't agree more. It's a, it's definitely something that, uh, you have to kind of see it to believe it, but it's one of the things that once you see it, it'll you'll always come back and you'll it'll always be a part of you. I mean, people claim Ely, I think. Um, you know, they have Ely's their their second home in their mind or or where my heart is. You know, you see a lot of different uh, shirts and stickers, and I love when I see out of state bumper or uh, out of state uh, license plates that say like BWCA yeah. bound or Ely, yeah. Ely home or you know whatever it might be, and it's like that is. That's touching, you For know. Sure. There's obviously some reason why, and whether it be a career, family, that they have, you know, that they live elsewhere, but they obviously are here because I'm seeing these in town. So they come, they visit, they think about us, they love us, they connect with us on social media. They're gonna listen to this podcast. They're going to continue to come up every season and see, you know, the changes that you know we all love and hopefully. Those who get to see it more often are going to recognize and and continue to you know appreciate it and not take even a moment for granted because we are just so lucky. Yeah, you know the the first time I was here was uh, about a year and a half before I actually moved here, mm -hmm. and as I'd never been here before. I knew a little bit about Ely, I knew a little bit about the Boundary Waters, but I'd never come here on a canoe trip. I'd never really experienced it before. And, um, you know, I'd made a couple of trips here and then it was on the third trip here that we decided we were going to move here. And I was working in advertising. I was working for a major advertising agency in the Twin Cities. And I thought this is where I'm going to be for a long time. I was interested in radio. I wanted to do radio. I had some, some options for that as well. Uh, came up here and hung out with some people. Uh, Jim Brandenburg, the photographer, uh, was my father-in-law, and he wanted us to come up here and, and kind of help publish a book that he was working on, The Chase by the Light book, which is his photograph of a day for a whole season, a whole fall awesome. season. Um, so we got to, we, we came here and worked on that. And I, when he first um, gave us that proposition, I thought, why would I want to do that? Why would I want to move to this small little town? Like I've got so many things going on here. And this is where everything's at. Everything's in the cities. And that was sort of my mindset. And we came up here and I met a bunch of people. We, uh, we had a bunch of meals at the, the old Minglewood Cafe and met just the characters that were hanging out there and the people that ran it. And uh, I just thought, I can really see myself living here. And uh, we moved up and it was uh, one of the first weeks that we were here. We were actually living temporarily out on the Moose Lake Road. And I got on my mountain bike and I rode from the Moose Lake Road out to the end of the Snowbank Road to the public access there. And I rode out onto the canoe landing. And I just sat there and I just breathed it in. And I, I looked around and I thought, I live here. Mm -hmm. I live on the edge of this right now. I, I just couldn't believe how lucky I was. And and if I had to scrub toilets or, or whatever it was for as much of my time, I, I would still feel so lucky, so blessed to live in this area and have this wilderness area. And it was on that bike trip 
on this short little bike ride, I was on my way back and I was on the Fernberg Road and uh, a truck drove by me and I kind of watched the truck drove, drive by. And as I turned around, there's this beautiful big black wolf standing in the middle of the road about 30 yards ahead of me, just standing there looking at me. And I just stopped, I took my breath away. I was blown. I'd never seen a wolf in the wild before. And there's one standing there. And it was just the most mystical, magical thing I could have imagined. And it saw me and stood there for a little bit and kind of trotted off the road. And I rode up to where it was as fast as I could. There wasn't a sound. I couldn't see it anywhere. Mm -hmm. It just disappeared like a ghost. And that solidified it for me. Like mm -hmm. there was no question. This is where I need to be. This is my home. This is where I'm staying. And I haven't looked back since then. I've never regretted moving to Ely. I've never regretted being here. No, no. I'm, I'm, well, there was maybe a time when I was like, well, you know, I'm putting in long hours. I was, wor you know, working just a ton. Hadn't met Eric yet. And I was, you know, working um, just for my family, which anyone out there who works with our families, <laughs> it's a challenge. It's a challenge. And so, you know, there were times that I thought, man, maybe corporate hospitality is really something that I should consider. I can always come back. You know, that was always in the back of my mind. Maybe, 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 maybe. And now, you know, a couple of years later, after I'm putting um, other things as a priority, you know, first, and I'm looking at the rest of my life and I'm thinking, wow, this is the, I know how good of a childhood I had. I know how many opportunities were provided to me by the amazing teachers that we have in this area and the the school as a whole. I mean, right now they're working on this referendum and they have yeah. this opportunity to expand the school system and improve all of these um, amenities and features within the school that's going to allow for better and, you know, expanded programming. Um, you know, and I'm thinking about the things like the safety of this community and, and things like that have now come, you know, more and more are more of a priority in my mind. Um, but the moment that I decided, nope, I've invested so much time and I'm ready to stay here. There's without a shadow of a doubt, this is my home too. I was meeting with a woman who was in corporate hospitality and had been for the last 30 to 40 years. She was on the edge of, you know, retiring and we were at a conference and um, it was right around Halloween. It was right after Halloween, actually, because she was showing me pictures on her phone of her daughter dressed up for Halloween. And I know this story will probably hit home for a lot of people. So it's, you know, no judgment. It's the it's the absolute requirement of uh, so many jobs. But, you know, she was telling me how she's missed every, every you know, Halloween. She gets pictures sent and she's traveling so often and she's not able to be there. And I told her that I was, you know, happy with where I was in, in here and was thinking maybe I would go back into corporate and come visit and then potentially relocate back to Ely. And she just, she goes, if you have a chance to make it there, then give it everything you got, because that is an opportunity that very few people do not get. And uh, so it, it showed me that everything I needed to know, you know, I was, I was ready to, to lock down a life I could really, really be fulfilled by and also you know have it all have your cake and eat it too i mean i'm not gonna have to miss anything and i'm still gonna be you know fulfilled in my career which is a great gift um but most importantly i get to be surrounded by family and um i get to live in a place that just on its own makes me happy yeah that's so great and yeah. so and i'm so happy for you that you've been able to do that and that that you figured that out at a at a pretty young age that that that's where you wanted to be that this is the place you wanted to be and that there's so much value here to you and that you bring so much to this place. Um, it's a great recognition to have uh, earlier in your life. And you talk about the Ely schools. I mean, 
I know kids that have graduated from the Ely schools that have gone on to amazing colleges, college, you know, St. Scholastica, Gustavus, Carleton, St. Olaf, just in Minnesota, but kids that have gone to Yale, to Dartmouth, to West Point. Yep. Uh, it's really, it's amazing. We have an incredible school system here. We've got an incredible group of teachers. I'm biased towards one in particular, <laughs> obviously, but uh, a great school system, great athletics, um, you know, in a program, a school that's small enough where athletic programs, if you go out for a team, you're going to get a chance to be a part of it. Absolutely. You're going to be on that team and you're going to play. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've had teams from our football team, our basketball teams that have competed, our volleyball teams that have competed at the section level. Level regularly, they competed at the state level. Our Nordic ski team, we talked about that earlier. Our Nordic mm-hmm. ski team competes at the state level just about every year. Absolutely. And they're the smallest school by a landslide than any other school that's that's competing there. So there's so much richness, uh, uh, so many opportunities here for for kids and for adults and for for not just for recreation but for for careers and and uh, so much of a, a fulfilling life to be able to do, especially for someone that enjoys anyone that enjoys the outdoors, that enjoys canoeing, enjoys uh, skiing, mm-hmm. enjoys mountain biking and hiking and all those things. So much opportunity here. Yeah, I uh, I would also touch with extracurriculars. I mean. Ely has gone a long way in expanding their more like in the robotics departments. I know when I was in school, um, I participated heavily in what was called, uh, used to be Odyssey the Mind, then it was Destination Imagination. And, uh, you know, that was, that was a amazing opportunity at the time i felt it was a little nerdy and it is it is but then you come to find that nerdy things are actually pretty cool when you get a little bit older and then they help you you know you can become a creative problem solver and you can you're a fixer you know you can also see something and you're looking for ways to make it not a problem anymore and um you know speech speech classes uh probably something i should have taken a little bit more of so i felt a little bit more comfortable and confident speaking in you know um, um for myself but it's one of those things that uh it's a resource and it's a, it's something that not every uh school can offer to every child and so when you're a kid here in Ely and you're looking at the opportunities available to you you really do get to cherry pick and and build an impressive resume for yourself before you even uh become an adult and become a well-rounded and uh and uh, you know, focused into more of a, a path that you'd like to go because you've seen more, you've been able to experience more, um, even from such a small town. Yeah. Well, this has been fantastic. I am so excited for this podcast. I'm so excited. I'm so grateful for you for putting this together and for coming here and, and telling your story for this first episode. I think you've got such a great story as someone that was born and raised here that you went out and experienced world the world. You went out and and, um, and got and furthered your education and, and saw so much of the world and did some, some really incredible things and then found out that you really wanted to come back here and that it wasn't a fluke. It wasn't just a whim. It was something that you came back here and you've done some amazing things and you've really thrived and you've learned to love it here and, and uh, built a great life for yourself. Oh, I couldn't be happier either. I, I can't wait to listen to this show and to, <laughs> or, you know, and to this podcast and see, you know, just what comes next. And uh, there's so many people, like I said, I, f- I feel like I need to uh, just start now jotting out down their names and sending them some invitations to, you know, join, uh, join you here on this podcast so that we can continue to share with the good people of the world all of the 
exciting, fun things that have happened and maybe start encouraging people to uh, make their Ely story. So thank you so much, Brett. I really appreciate it. You know, there's so many great stories out there. And I think uh, we eventually are going to encourage people to to kind of send us their stories and and tell us a little bit about those stories. And I think... uh, you know, eventually we'll be finding ways to share those, those smaller stories here. But I mean, I've got a list, my list keeps growing. My list grows every day. I've got so many friends that I want to bring on this podcast because mm-hmm. I know they've got amazing stories, but also people that have done incredible things. There's also people that have, have been here that have, that have lived their lives here that have left an indelible mark on this town that have passed. And so the people that that know them, the family members and the friends and the people that were close to them, I want to bring them on to tell stories about these people. People like Joe Saliga, who is an amazing canoe builder. Mm-hmm. Um, Bob Carey, who was an outdoorsman, a writer, an artist, an incredibly talented person. Um, you know, Sigurd Olson, uh, people that, you know, uh, we're sitting, we're right now, we're right across the street from Henry Shoe Repair. Henry Held was a good friend of mine, this amazing guy who, uh, he specialized in uh, moose hide choppers, moose hide mittens, and mm-hmm. was an amazing guy, had so many great stories to tell. And so the people that that knew them, they're, they're so much of the rich character of this town and the and just the richness of, of stories to tell. And I am just, I am so grateful for the opportunity to be able to bring people in here and share these stories. I have no doubt that you are going to run with this and it is going to be absolutely amazing. I think that this is exactly what Ely needs. We need to start sharing those great, great stories and uh, to just remember from, you know, the root of it that we are uh, very lucky to be here and the reminder of us, you know, all to be grateful and to live our lives to the very fullest and enjoy those moments, friends, families, outdoors, whatever it might be, you know, just smile, take it with you, enjoy your life. <laughs> very well said. Well, we've, we've got it. We've got our first episode, My Ely Story. It's in the books and there's going to be a lot more to come and uh, so grateful for everyone. We're going to have all the information wherever you get this podcast, wherever you find information about this podcast, there's going to be information to uh, reach out to us, to leave us feedback, to get in touch with us. If you've got a story to tell, we'd love to hear your story. And uh, we're just, uh, I, again, I'm just, I'm so grateful for this opportunity. I'm so excited. It's, it's going to grow. and It's going to be a lot of fun. That it will. Thank you so much, Brett. Thank you so much, City Beans. Thank you for tuning in to the very first episode of My Ely Story. And big thanks to Cindy Beans. Don't forget to subscribe and find out more about all the amazing things going on in Ely, Minnesota at visitelymn.org. I'm Brett Ross, and I will talk to you next time. 